Yeah, I'm not ready to see it. Alright, y'all, y'all tune in to another episode of Bank That Radio Show. I'm your host, Andreas, and I have with me special guest, Miss Andrea Glover. Mm-hmm. How you doing? I'm well, how are you? I'm, I'm doing good. good. Um you do a lot of things, just like you said, I do a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you work in the school system, which is great. Um, noble profession. Mm-hmm. But you also have I Am Developing Company. Mm-hmm. And explain to us, and for those that do not know, exactly what is I Am Developing Company. So, I Am Developing Company currently, um, mm-hmm. it is a counseling as well as life coaching practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been a certified school counselor since 2014. Okay. Um, graduated from Georgia Southern University. Go Eagles! <laughs> um, there is where I got my background in counseling. Um, and soon after, I proceeded to have a career in human resources. So mm-hmm. I spent six years as a human resources executive for Target, um, starting here in Macon, Georgia, and then mm-hmm. going up to McDonough, Georgia. Um, I started I Am Developing Company at Georgia Southern. So it originally mm. started as um, an organization. My name is Andrea, and my friend's name, her name is Michelle. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, what can we call ourselves? And they were like, we're all about development of person and self. So why mm-hmm. not I Am? So it came about in that particular manner. Um, but we served as a cultural researchers as well as individuals who spoke at uh, school social workers conferences. Mm-hmm. We spoke at different conferences, worked with different organizations on campus to help educators mm-hmm. um, better prepare themselves to educate students of color. So mm-hmm. we took our cultural background. Focus. Yes, we took okay. our cultural background and said, you know, we are young individuals who are actively involved and engaged in the community. We kind of still know what those individuals need. Mm-hmm. Um, and we knew that 70 to 80 percent of our um, teachers were white, female, middle class, heterosexual teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we wanted to be able to provide them with some fundamental basis of what it means to connect with our community. So mm-hmm. that's where we started. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, she is no longer working directly with the organization, so I took it over. And being able to couple my counseling experience mm-hmm. with my human resources experience, we mm-hmm. literally just kept transitioning that motto and that mantra to be able to say, how do we provide uh, mental health and counseling skills for people and women and girls mm-hmm. um, of color? But more importantly, how do we take all of those human resources skills that we know, soft skills, life skills that people are going to need to be successful in the world, mm-hmm. how do we impart that upon our community, mm-hmm. but still consult with organizations, companies and things of that nature to better be able to connect with people of color, to be able to ensure that they are mm-hmm. most successful um, working at their companies as well. So you're doing two major things, mm-hmm. educating corporate and educating us. Mm-hmm. Same time, dual yeah. purpose. Okay, so, so we, I'm sorry. No, um, go ahead. So let's get into so what are some of those skill sets then that we need <laughs> as individuals to go out there and get success <laughs> or to attract success to us. So I think the number one skill set that we have to have, um, or we have to be able to correlate to our work lives, is resiliency. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as a community, as a group of people, that like we are the most resilient group on the planet. We mm-hmm. have survived 400 years of the most strange time period in our lives. 
Um, and then after that, all of the accomplishments that we made, even with the intentional setbacks and the systemic setbacks, mm -hmm. we are a resilient group of people. I think in working with organizations or working for individuals, we tend to feel as if um, they owe us something. Mm -hmm. And in all honesty, they don't. Um, it's mm -hmm. unfortunate that that's the setup or the situation. Um, but we have to understand that we have to be resilient and adaptable and flexible. Mm -hmm. So when things change in business, which they will always change, mm -hmm. um, the most successful individuals are excited about that change. They're ready to do something new. They're not complaining about, oh, here we go again with a new rollout or a new mm -hmm. mandate or a new test score mm -hmm. versus saying, like, how can I get ahead? of this and already prepare myself and my team to say mm -hmm. change is coming and when mm -hmm. it comes like this is how we stay ahead of that and so I found personally my most success in being able to tackle problems in that way but I learned mm -hmm. that from my experience growing up I, mm -hmm. I was poor mm -hmm. um, grew up here in Macon Georgia and all of the projects possible we moved all the time but moving mm -hmm. to us was like an adventure like my mom would pack us up every year we thought it was a game but mm -hmm. really we just had to go Yeah. so that gave me a different I feel like it gave me a different kind of mindset and so working in human resources everybody would always just complain about everything mm -hmm. and what the executives or the leaders who I directly work with, I mean, I got to call the shots on individuals all the time. Like, should we promote this person? Should mm -hmm. we give this person a raise? Should we, do we think this person in a year could be ready for this position? And I really couldn't honestly see, honestly say that if we were not able to really sit back and see that they were able to be resilient and adaptable when things began to change. And mm -hmm. so that is probably one of the most important things. Um, second thing I would say is you got to know how to communicate mm -hmm. on all levels. If you are able to do something, yes, I'm able mm -hmm. to do it and say it confidently. Um, if you are not <laughs> able to do something and you don't have the skill set to do it, communicate that and don't feel like you're going to be at risk of losing your job. Because mm -hmm. what you are saying is if you say yes, mm -hmm. I'm able to do something and you're not able to fully execute it, now I have to evaluate you on that execution and yep. you committed to that role. So being able to openly communicate about what you need and what you don't need, what you can do and what you can't do, and knowing that it doesn't make you weak. It mm. does allow you to be vulnerable, but vulnerability is a strength, and it's still a strength in corporate America. I don't care what anybody says. Mm -hmm. um, it's a strength to be able to say, hey, I'm not able to take on this particular project or I don't feel equipped enough to do this particular thing so they can actually find the right person to execute it right the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, so with that being said, in your background in human resources, you saw that there was a uh, missing skill sets for individuals, especially coming from our backgrounds. Where can we, you know, plug in to subsidize those lost skills in the community as far as, like, is there a solution for that? Mm. I think there are a couple of solutions. Um, naturally, I think that as parents, especially if you have children growing up in the school system, um, the schools are not the only form of education. Mm -hmm. um, stop thinking that you literally are setting you and your children up to not be successful. Um, I think it's important that the community, as we have continued to step in, 
and organizations like fraternities, sororities, nonprofits, like these organizations exist and they're out there, but no one's coming to the events, no one's showing up to the workshops that mm-hmm. are supposed to be um, the areas where we can fill in some of those gaps to learn some of those life skills, some of those social emotional mm-hmm. learning skills. Um, but instead, we're leaving our kids at home or we're waiting for someone else to come pick them up mm-hmm. um, instead of saying, I want to find as much as I can to invest in my kids or mm-hmm. in my children. Um, I think the second part of that is being able to model behaviors, not just for your kids, but for your community. Because mm-hmm. your kids aren't the only people who are watching you. As an adult, we have a responsibility to model behaviors such as vulnerability, such as, you know, being able to ask questions, saying, you know, what we can or cannot do, being honest, doing self-evaluations or self-assessments, uh, reflecting on a project that we might have did and talking to our children or talking to the community about how we could have done it differently or done it better. Mm-hmm. They model what they see, and if they don't see individuals stepping in and having some of those soft life skills where there were opportunities for growth and Mm -hmm. say, oh, well, I had this conversation with your mom, but I probably could have said this to make it go a little better. Like just being able to plant those seeds in in our children's minds Mm -hmm. will give them an alternative of how they think about themselves and the resources and the tools that they feel like they have Mm -hmm. um, to better to make them successful as well. Okay. So with that being said, then, you know, we, uh, we see the data, and we know that there's a disparity of how it's generational. And it seems like it might be like one and a half generations, whatever the case may be. How people go about through life and get to where they want to go mm-hmm. um, versus like helping the work, like, you know, because back in the day, people were like, you know, work hard, you'll become successful. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sort of <laughs> believe in that, sort of don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, due to you know, I see what it is or whatever. Um, you, I've seen people work hard all their lives and retire and have nothing. Like not a dime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so hard work doesn't necessarily mean uh, equal success. Um, working smart, you know, equals success. Um, but applying that work ethic too. But. I see there's like a, a disparity among like 20 something year olds now and even some 30 year olds or whatever where you either got like half the generation that's been taught principles that can take you far in life and have those characteristics mm-hmm. and then the other ones is like you know they just nothing blank mm-hmm. or whatever like I know you know we gotta start with the kids but if the kids are going home to those ones that fall on that other end, mm-hmm. w- what is the solution? Because I'm a solution type person, mm-hmm. right? I feel that I have a responsibility to my community to be able to show people a different way, to be an example of different things. But then also not to just show, but also to interact and help mm-hmm. where I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel connected to my community. Um, my immediate you know, surroundings, but then also at large as well. Mm-hmm. I don't really see where people are passing like the baton. I don't really see where there's mentorships mm-hmm. and things of that nature. How can we get those ones that are lost <coughs> over to a solution driven, you know, mindset? Mentality? Yeah, yeah, mentality. Um, I can definitely say, like, one of my pillars in I Am Developing is mentorship. Like, you could go back to. Ten years ago, I'm talking about how important it is to have mentors. 
I think part of the challenge in this generation that we were not prepared for was the internet. Mm -hmm. Nobody prepared us, our mm -hmm. generation, and I'm say I'm 29 years old, I, mm -hmm. I, between 30 and 40. Mm -hmm. Nobody prepared us for the internet. Mm -hmm. And so while we might have had a mentor somewhere in our lives or organizations served as mentors, this may not have been a person. I remember mm -hmm. AmeriCorps used to come in my neighborhood every week and they hung out with us every week. Mm -hmm. um, and they served as a mentoring style group. Mm -hmm. The internet mm -hmm. happened and the internet became the mentors. Yeah. And it became the mentors for older generations, and they're still trying to figure it out, but mm -hmm. they it became a distraction almost. Like, I have to figure out this internet thing because this is where the world is going. Mm -hmm. And as much as the internet is beautiful and it provides us a ton of resources, there's nothing like interpersonal communication and relationships. Yeah. A, st a news feed, a post on Instagram is inspirational. I'll double tap on it and like it, but it's nothing like sitting down and having a conversation with you and I mm -hmm. because you can see past my BS. Like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, and everything's fine. And my mentor's like, you don't feel fine. Your mm -hmm. energy feels off. Something's yeah. wrong. So I think on some level we have decided that everybody seems okay because they're posting cute things on social media mm -hmm. or they're saying that they're fine mm -hmm. and we have a low emotional IQ. Mm -hmm. We have a, a EQ it is what we call it. We have a low emotional EQ and we have a low emotional vocabulary. So mm -hmm. I'm fine. It's, oh, they're good. Well, a good is not an emotion. Fine not, is not an emotion. You know, I, I, did, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't mean to cut exist. you off of that. That is one of the things that is harped on in the counseling business mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. That when people come in, like they have a, a face filling sheet. Mm -hmm. Good. The word good is not it's on. Not there. on it. Fine is not on. That's not an emotion. And like you said, mm -hmm. those are just words. Right. And so the re how we connect that back to mentorship is that. We have so we have been able to get away with that, and then now hide behind this new, ever evolving and growing internet where people are just fine and just good, and really they are not. Mm -hmm. And so, what happens when you are not feeling well, when things are going wrong in your life? And I know for me personally, when things are hitting the fan, I go run into a corner and hide. I don't mm -hmm. know why, mm -hmm. but that is my coping strategy. Mm -hmm. Usually, especially in black and brown communities, we talk about don't tell anybody what's going on in our household. Okay, so like, like you're like my perfect like guest right yes. now. Yes. Because I've been wanting to talk about stuff like this in Come depth now. forever now. I talk about all and day. You want to talk about this. Mm -hmm. Where do we get that from? Like, no one has been able, because I've been asking that question for, to many mm -hmm. people across various backgrounds and professions. Mm -hmm. Where do we get this sense of, let's not talk about nothing. We don't talk about money. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about sex. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk about religion all day. But I'm like, you know, my own personal belief about <laughs> that is that, and like, you, like I don't want to offend nobody and nothing like that, but a lot of me. people who know me or whatever know that I'm not this Baptist Christian type person mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I have a connection to like the universe and to things. Mm -hmm. One, because of me growing and doing agriculture, I've been able to reconnect with the earth. Mm -hmm. um, so there's something out there I'm connected to. Mm -hmm. I just don't like the way that they put it in religion. Mm -hmm. I feel like religion is a cult. Mm -hmm. Like, and some people get offended when I say that, but mm -hmm. I don't care. That's it's a fine. cult. Mm -hmm. 
to me, it feels like a cult because you're putting people in a box. Mm-hmm. If you're really about helping people, you would help regardless mm-hmm. because no one is born evil. Mm-hmm. Um, kids play together. Mm-hmm. Um, they love one another. They share. It's our traumas that influence us to make us go bad mm-hmm. and start seeing this world in a bad way. Mm-hmm. But we don't talk about things that really matter that are like taboo. We talk about all this other stuff mm-hmm. that really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Where do we get this sense of hush from? Mm-hmm. I'm like, because that's how you allow people to come into other people's lives and take advantage of that from a predatorial stance. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no one's been able to answer that. I'm Why? So I'm here today. This is, I literally can't talk about this for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I, I think it's a couple of places. Mm-hmm. So from my experience, it's a couple of places. Mm-hmm. So if we go back to slavery, mm-hmm. right? So during slavery, whether you believe in the Willie Lynch letter or not, that's your own prerogative, mm-hmm. but it's still very evident that there's a lot of division that took place mm-hmm. in the black home during that time. Yeah. And so when we think about slavery and keeping what's ours, ours, like mm-hmm. what's my household was my household. Like I might share a little bit, but we only got what we have and we may not have much for a very long time because at any given moment it could be taken away from us. Mm-hmm. So don't talk about what kind of land master might have said he was going to give me at the end of this thing. Like there's this kind of pitting one another against one another that mm-hmm. started. When we talk about race, when we talk about colorism, when we talk about male versus female and all of those things, there's mm-hmm. there was this natural pitting against one another mm-hmm. that happened during slavery mm-hmm. that allowed for us to kind of start thinking about us as an individual rather mm-hmm. than as a collective. collective. Yeah. So then you transition that into and I'm going to get into my my second thing is religion. Mm-hmm. You were taught from a very early age that anything that goes on in your household, God, it was God's will. Mm-hmm. And if God said that he, he won't put more on you than you can bear, I think whenever I start trying to quote the Bible, I'm mm-hmm. not the best because yeah. I don't know. <laughs> don't yeah. hold it against me, guys. Sorry, mother and grandmother. They're going to be so mad at me. But... There's this notion that you pray about it. Like, mm-hmm. pray about it and it'll be okay. Don't tell anybody what's going on. It's, this is a conversation between you and God. And even in our families, like, our fam- our parents never talked about our traumas with us. Mm-hmm. Like, their trauma that they experienced, they didn't talk to any children about it. It was take it to God mm-hmm. and leave it up to God mm-hmm. and it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Now, my issue with that is no one else does that but black people. Yeah. Like, no one else is leaving it up to God to figure it out. And I think for so many years, that put us in a place where the the connection to a higher power or a God is important to me. You mm-hmm. have to be a part of something that's greater than yourself. But to say he's going to come and fix this problem, mm-hmm. like, I haven't seen, like, a problem physically be fixed by a God. Like, mm-hmm. that's just my take on it. So we have been told for years and years and years, you don't want to talk about what's bad or what's negative around you because you don't want to continue to attract those things. So I knew our ancestors were connected to the universe and frequencies and energies in some kind of way. But when when religion was introduced, Mm -hmm. it's saying that there's a savior who's going to come and save you. Mm -hmm. And all you got to do is cast all your cares upon him Mm -hmm. and he will take care of you. And so don't taint your neighbor. Don't taint your children. Don't taint your brother. If you have to carry that burden by yourself, either you did something to get that burden, mm-hmm. 
the devil showed up uh, and the devil jumped in and said, you know, I'm going to play it. So it it depends on what you believe and where you come from. But again, my family was heavily in the church and heavily um, evolved in like the devil and God and heaven and hell. And if you didn't do, if you did talk about your problems, your issues, your challenges beyond God, then that's not of God. Mm -hmm. You should not worship or idolize anyone, including self. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you get a little more learned and you, you understand religion and spirituality, you recognize like God is in you. Mm -hmm. So why not look to self for some answers? Why not be in tune with oneself? Whereas God says, don't idolize anybody, including, yourself like you need to just be thinking about me and cast all your cares upon me then mm-hmm. that's where we have this disconnect from like you said connecting to the earth connecting to the planet connecting to the food that we eat connecting to the stars the moon the mm-hmm. sun and understanding we're all a part of this beautiful plant planet um, and so I think part of that started back when we started talking about religion and what religion looked like. And I think it was intentional. There was mm-hmm. some intentionality behind ensuring that we keep our problems on the low. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more that you keep it on the low, then nobody knows that it's happening. So no, people don't have to fix it. Yeah. I take, very, I take huge issue with that personally, right? Because... If I'm being introduced to a family and y'all know this dude done touched on girls or whatever and I bring my girls around and stuff like it's that. It's going to be a problem. It's a problem. It's a problem. So problem. when that person dies, then don't be mad because y'all want to keep it a secret. It's like even with like, you know, you see like the terrorists or whatever and everything, shooting up schools and all that. Y'all know that boy was crazy. He been when crazy. He, when he came home. He was crazy probably in second Y'all need grade. to be held, exactly, accountable for mm-hmm. that. But that's the thing. I'm like, we shouldn't because you harbor that type of information is deadly to other people. Mm-hmm. And I feel that you should have some sense of responsibility. Like, I know all my kids. Mm-hmm. <coughs> if they do something that's way out of character, then I know they made a conscious decision to do that. Mm-hmm. Because they know how I've raised them and how my wife has been raising them and how we allow them to make, you know, choices and things of that nature. But... We let them know, you know, where you stand in the world. Uh, you know, you don't harbor just ill will feelings towards people just for the hell of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you go through life and you have your experiences. And I just don't, like, I talk to my kids about money. I talk to them about sex. I talk to them about Good. sex trafficking. Yes. And I, I, even down to the little one or whatever. I'm like, look, mm-mm. We tell them what body parts are. We don't sit there and be like, ooh, that's taboo. You can't say penis yeah, and, and vagina really, and all that. It's really a European way of thinking about the world. And yeah. that's part of the problem. Like, Europeans feel like they've got it all figured out, but they really don't. And yeah. they go and take over civilizations all over the world and... and fucking people up excuse my french yeah um they're go i mean since constantine you can go out read your history books guys i paid a little bit of attention but they've been t- conquering civilizations all over the world with this notion or this idea that you have to do it this particular way and mm-hmm. it's not okay i mean i spent a ton of time in my personal life, I went to college. All of my roommates were white mm-hmm. um, all throughout college until I got into graduate school. A lot of my friends were white in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized, like, their family doesn't talk to them. Mm-hmm. They don't. And so they feel like we shouldn't. And then they go make laws and bills about what we should and should not say, what should mm-hmm. be said in school and what should not be said in school. Mm-hmm. 
because they are uncomfortable with the conversation. Mm-hmm. Whereas as a as a counselor, as a therapist, I host things like courageous conversations all the time. And it's unfortunate you have to have courage to talk to your own children about sex. But society has told you that you don't want to call your body parts the anatomical name for body parts. Like mm-hmm. When do we come up with random names for body parts? It's because of your own personal shame, your own personal guilt, your own personal feelings about it. Mm-hmm. And somehow you have been able to tell that story and get somebody to tell somebody. And now we got a whole law that you can't say certain things in school. That ain't got nothing to do with me and my family and my household. Mm -hmm. And so us as African-Americans for too long, we have been codependent on the way Europeans live. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, they have made us codependent on how they live. And Mm -hmm. so in movements, I just was having this conversation today. In movements like... You know, we were talking about Marcus Garvey from yesterday. We were mm-hmm. talking about the Free People's Movement, talking about Black Panther and all, I mean, the Black Panthers and all of those things. Like, that was us educating our own kids the way we wanted to. Mm-hmm. And now, education is you got to go and you got to go get 19 certifications and others hold the stamp of approval that you're certified to teach your kid. Mm-hmm. And when are we going to say, like, nah. No, like you don't get to tell me how I'm going to educate my kid and my family and what is important to learn. Mm -hmm. And when, like we were talking about last night, and when you do that, you get to determine what the doctrine is. You get to determine what the vocabulary is and what we're communicating. You get to tell me what I get to embark upon my students. And that's not okay if culturally we are two different individuals from two different quote unquote sides of the planet Mm -hmm. with different values, different beliefs, different mindsets. But you keep thinking that your way is the golden way. And mm-hmm. it has never been. You mm-hmm. really ain't never had a whole lot of anything. you just been going around taking well, a whole bunch of stuff. I've, I've said this all the time. What have white people really contributed? The, like, and, like, let's, and, let's put the question on the table. What have they really contributed to society when you look at everything? Um, and like some people might. Hey. Who's that representative? <laughs> exactly. Call them and ask them. <laughs> They're not going to have anything to say. They don't, but you just been uh, a people of taking. Just uh, a just, people of playing unfair. And like you can, just, <laughs> and the, the the great thing about like the internet now is uh, you can go back and research a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. and you can see where they stripped down. Like Betty Bop wasn't Betty Bop, Mm-mm. you know. Uh, just all these different things, even cartoons and stuff. I'm like, it's it's amazing the amount of thievery that has been going on forever. And then. Making money off of it, and so, in the name of God, yeah, oh, yeah. And yeah. then they tell him, "Go believe me." I'm so it's so confusing. Like I never understood. That's, that's mental whipping. It really <laughs> is like a psycho. It really is like a like psychological warfare, mm-hmm. and it's hard for us to fight that battle because we don't know any. Like if you are isolated in a bubble, mm-hmm. i.e. slavery, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. we'll just start there. And you are only given information. You are shunned if you speak in your native language. You can't read. You can't write. You can't even communicate how you used to communicate. And you out here, by the grace and the mercy of another individual, operant conditioning starts to kick in. And you're going to do what you need to eat. You're going to mm-hmm. do what you need to be able to go to bed. And if that means foregoing all of your history for 400 years, mm-hmm. which people act like 400 years was like two weeks. 
that's a long ass time mm-hmm. to be like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no, 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 nope. you're doing that wrong. Yeah. That's a long time. So we have been conditioned to believe certain things about ourselves and our families and that other cultures are doing it well because it, they have perceived success. Mm-hmm. There's some wealth there. They got two little nice cars. They living over off of Bass Road. Like they're doing all these things that make them successful. But really, when you crack open those doors, they are they are living in hell holes. Mm-hmm. And why, the reason why we don't talk about our stuff is because white people don't talk about their stuff. You would never know that Sally. I'm sorry, Sally, Jimmy, and Jane really got a a crazy house. Mm Because when they come out, they got them two nice cars and that big old house and a little dog with a little fence around it. And they don't talk about their problems. As a therapist, I have been able to find a way into that world to really see, like, wait, it ain't all cracked up. It ain't all what it's cracked up to be. And Mm -hmm. I think the younger generation of white people are starting to realize like it's not doing them any good yes they got a whole lot of money but they're not well and they're not happy and how do these people who were enslaved for 400 years still find a way to dominate culture still Mm -hmm. find a way to dominate real happiness and joy because although Mm -hmm. we may not have a lot that space game on Saturday going down like and you want to be there and they want to be where we are they want to dress like we dress they want to hang with us And so we have to start really reformulating as much as we possibly can and reminding ourselves, even in those darkest of days, we are we are the people who everybody wants to be like. Mm -hmm. And we do have the power to continue to change, not change the world because we are the world, but really Mm -hmm. step into our way of living and our way of being without second guessing it, because it doesn't look like two streets over from us. Mm -hmm. And the moment that we can be okay with that, then we can start telling ourselves. And I think there's this resurgence of this kind of black renaissance that's happening right now where people are getting help. They are mm-hmm. talking to people. They are opening up about their problems. And as much as we, I may not like social media, when people get on there and do a mental health check or say they're not doing good, they're still communicating that they're not doing well, which mm-hmm. is back in the day you didn't even have social media and they couldn't get on there and cry. Yeah. And they're crying in the corner by themselves. So I'm like, at least you're crying on social media because yeah. at least we could go find you and figure out what we could do for you. So people are saying, like, it's more beneficial to drop some of these bags. Like, I always allude to Erica Badu's bag lady. Like, that, if that's not the notion of the black experience, I don't know what it is, but we keep Mm. picking up bags. Mm. And we don't ever drop off any. But the moment Mm. we drop off a few, like, we're able to really move through the world in a different way. And that's forcing us to have hard conversations about the past, our family members, our own personal experiences. And it takes one person in your family to do it. And it'll it'll bust that thing wide open, and you guys, my I know my family has gotten so much more closer from mm-hmm. being open and honest, and we've mm-hmm. learned so much more about our mom that we would have been. It was it felt like you know shame. It felt like hatred. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't believe you didn't do this for us. But the mm-hmm. more we learned about her story, it's like, well, damn, she did all she could do for real. Like yeah. all she was capable of, and that's connection. That's vulnerability, and that's what we're missing. People being real and people being honest and people being open about their experiences. Mm -hmm. I can't stand a celebrity that says it's not my responsibility. Well, 
you need to stop getting my streams on Spotify because mm-hmm. it is your responsibility to show individuals like you can be open, you can be honest, and that's who we're looking to. Like we're looking f- for people to model behaviors mm-hmm. that we don't currently have, yeah. and we can't ask people to model a behavior they've never seen before. Yeah. So that's how you get people who are secluded or people who that kind of gap in terms of like mentorship and asking for help and, and finding ways for people to support each other somehow it's been lost and I have challenged the people in my life I'm like you know the older individuals 35 40 45 somethings I'm like y'all gotta come get us 30 year olds we still don't know what we're doing Mm -hmm. they thought that oh y'all went to college and y'all got it and I'm like no like mm-hmm. we just got a lot of knowledge about yeah. something but yeah, we don't know how to, how to, to use it. it. Yes, yeah. we don't know how to yeah. use it. So come and get us. I challenge mm-hmm. everybody, get you a mentor, get you a mentee. You got time. Everybody's like, I ain't got time. You got a ten minute phone call. You got a lunch date. You at home binge watching Netflix, call somebody over to do it with you. Mm-hmm. We just have put things in the way to not have time for mentorship. Yeah, a, but a it's probably the number one change. thing. Yeah, yeah, they just change. Again, the internet, no one was ready. Nobody knew they could watch all of a different world in one weekend. <laughs> nobody knew. Because I do it. I'm like, I ain't talking to nobody today. But you have to be intentional and that goes back to to, to what I mm. determined to be part of my spirituality, but more importantly, teaching individuals how do you become more intentional with your time yeah. and not just running and doing and not being successful, but mm-hmm. there's this notion or this idea of you know doing less to achieve more, like mm-hmm. to accomplish more, but that means you have to be intentional with your time. Yeah. Your mentees don't need all day. Yeah, they they need a 45-minute conversation to get yeah. off what they got to say. You embark some knowledge, and you check in on them. And yeah. then the next time, it'll be even more. Or you get them in a space where they can mm-hmm. get hired. Or you can coach them on how to have this conversation at their job to get mm-hmm. a raise. Like, connection. They can't do that if they're not connected to anybody. And that trust is important in that process. And if you don't ever talk to anybody... You won't trust anybody. You won't mm. be connected to anyone or anything, and you feel like it's just you. And ultimately, it's just you because you made it just you. But somebody also has to go and reach out that hand. When, and you got to be, I think everybody should learn counseling basics. Yeah. How to see when people are telling me a lie. I can tell when you're lying to me. I can tell when you're not good. I can tell when you're not feeling well. And our ancestors used to be able to do that because we were more connected mm-hmm. and connected to the earth. Yeah. But now we, we're connected to social media or yeah. the Internet. We can't really tell when people are not telling us the truth. So yeah. you need a little more of that in your life. I, I got to have conversations with you for days. Yeah. Uh, so we definitely got to do some more stuff. We will. Um, it's so on let's, the tape. <laughs> let's get into um, success then. Like. I like to look at success as you just achieving, you know, some st- some goals that you set for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily a financial, you know, tier or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. I never look at success like that. I think even in my emails, I put like on some of them, the success is just the smaller steps taken to, to achieve the uh, ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. But how do you balance uh, or, or what, is, what is your um, your meaning for success? But then along with that. Since you know you're in your the educational system, but you're also building your own mm-hmm. um, platform and you know business mm-hmm. brand, how do you balance between the two as well? Mm. well it, th- this is probably the hardest question I think 
anybody ever asks me and they always change this. What is my meaning of success? <clears throat> I really have to like take a deep breath because it's such a oh my gosh, it's such a it's such a beautiful question and it's really one that I use all the time in my practice and it mm-hmm. it's supposed to make you think. It's not supposed to be oh, if I just get this or just have this. I think my meaning of success or what makes me feel most successful when is when I am in a space in my life that I feel most aligned mm-hmm. and most in tune with my purpose. Okay. Still. So I don't, I may not have a dollar, mm-hmm. but I recognize that the work that I'm producing is not not just for other individuals, but it's for me. It's it's what God or my ancestors or my high power have blessed me to be able to give to the world. Um, and when I feel most aligned with that, I feel like I'm being most successful. And that's a new that's a new thing for me because I have done a lot in my little short twenty nine years of living <laughs> um, because I thought it would make me successful. And you learn, you know, I'm working at Target making over seventy five thousand dollars a year, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm successful. No, mm-hmm. I'm paying a lot of bills mm-hmm. and by myself on a lot of weekends. Like that didn't make me successful. I was in a you know a really strong relationship, but I wasn't as happy as I wanted to be. So that didn't make me successful. So. Truly being most aligned with my purpose um, makes me feel like I'm most successful. Balancing um, building a brand and building a business as well as working, um, I find it to be challenging when you don't have a plan. Mm -hmm. When you are not constantly or consistently, it may not have to be constant, but consistently re-evaluating where you are looking at your goals have you met your goals and if you haven't met your goals forgiving yourself quickly mm-hmm. and reassessing and keep and keep moving mm-hmm. um, too often we don't have a visualization so when I work with some of my coaching clients we when we set goals we set we call them wildly important goals and that's part of like educational curriculum or a wig and then we talk about these two lead measures that will help us get to our goal the quickest. Mm-hmm. But if it's not anywhere visual, yeah. I'm sorry, you are probably not going to attain it as much. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that some people just, you know, they can remember that they have to do something at 930 every day. But most of us, especially in this age, we have moved from this kinesthetic kind of only type of learning to we need to be visually be stimulated thanks mm-hmm. to social media. Like we like this constant stimulation. So you have to have a calendar or your goals up somewhere that you can see them Mm -hmm. and the intentionality behind I'm going to study 30 minutes for three days a week this particular material so I can take my exam by October 2nd Mm -hmm. if you get to August 1st or the second week of August and you look at the first week of August and you didn't study for 30 minutes at all 
we don't ever do anything about it. We're just like, oh man. Instead of saying like, oh man, dang, what did I do? What did, what did not work for me? Mm-hmm. What got in the way? What mm-hmm. were the challenges? And then when we can assess that and reflect on that and have that moment of like, come on now, mm-hmm. you got to get it together. Why are you here? What is the purpose of having this goal? Reconnecting to that goal and making mm-hmm. the adjustment for the second week. Mm-hmm. We gonna stay where we are. So you have to make a, adjustments to every goal every week and doing it on a consistent basis, and then rewarding yourself when you do accomplish. Because so often we only remember the things we don't do. We are doing a lot of things in this world, and mm-hmm. when you do study for two nights out of the week, at the end of the week, reward yourself. You need some celebra- some celebration. Mm-hmm. School has trained you to get a sticker. It has trained you to get an A. It has trained you to get a high five when you you know make the basket on the sports team. When we become adults, we forget about all of that, and we just think like, oh. We don't need any of that. No, Mm -hmm. you need some celebration. You need some time to reflect on when you do well. So just as much as you're looking at, you know, your goals and the things that you set up. Mm -hmm. For me, when I don't have a plan for my week, when I don't have a plan for the month, and even when I do, I sometimes don't meet my goals. And that's Mm -hmm. important to recognize. But just having a plan and executing the plan and bringing one person into that fold to be able to support you and hold you accountable, Mm -hmm. um, to me, makes me more successful and I have seen my clients be extremely successful from it Um, but more importantly it allows for you to really set yourself up to do more and to attain all the things that you want because I believe Mm -hmm. you really can have it you just got to have a plan that's what rich people do that's what the most successful people in the world do and we don't study them enough Mm -hmm. we think we got the answers we know how to get it done. No, study successful people. They're not spending hundreds of thousand dollars on a mortgage and a car. They're actually reading two to three books a month. Mm-hmm. Now, that may not be your life, but maybe you can get a book in. Maybe you can get an audio book. So studying what successful people do, again, we model the behaviors that we see. Yeah. And if we don't have those behaviors right in front of us, then you got to go find them. Yeah. And that's studying what successful people do. So I have taken a turn here. Since October is when I quit my job from Target, and I mm-hmm. said I'm gonna do this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it for real, kind of for re- no, but for real. And so I realized I had to change my behaviors mm-hmm. because I, you know, I I was poor, so I had this scarcity, poverty mentality well, yeah, mindset. That's what I was about to say fourth mentality, but you know. yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have it, but it doesn't go anywhere. Just yeah. because you get a little successful, you still are going to have that mindset. So. One of the books that I love is called um, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful book. You should read it, and it's on Audible, so or you can listen to it. Um, but it talks about building your discipline. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I could throw this bottle across the table every time I hear that word. Like, how do you build your discipline so you can have more bliss in your life and bliss doesn't mean more money mm-hmm. bliss means that I get to accomplish the goal that I set out whatever that is mm-hmm. and doing it in a way that your energy and your vibrations are always high like you might like to work 70 hours a week if that's what you like to do like do it but do it wholeheartedly do it with enthusiasm do mm-hmm. it with joy and meet those goals so when you're poor, you have to find a way to figure out what is bliss 
to begin with. Mm -hmm. And then he also talks about reprogramming these apps that we have downloaded or Mm -hmm. pre-downloaded. Think about phone, right? Mm -hmm. It comes with apps pre-downloaded. Your childhood are your pre-downloaded apps. You didn't ask for it. You don't want it. You may want to uninstall it. Some of them apps say you cannot uninstall, mm-hmm. right? Like on iPhone, you be like, I do not need this. What is it? Friends Connect? I don't know what it is, but you can't mm-hmm. uninstall it. We have those things in our personal lives that we can't uninstall, and poverty is one that I can't uninstall. Yeah. So I have to recode my mind to figure out how I'm going to utilize the gifts that I've learned from being poor mm-hmm. instead of being mad about being poor when I was younger yeah. and using utilizing yeah, that as an excuse. I have no control of that. So you got to be able to reprogram that mind and that thought process and that's what part that's partly what we do at I am developing company. We help you to do that, but more importantly, I like to model that behavior for the people around me so I could put my money where my mouth is yeah. and really be what I speak about, what I encourage people to do. And so that's why I'm so transparent with my own personal story. And I think if we could have more people be more transparent about what they've experienced and how they've gone through it, good, bad, or the ugly, people will be better off. Yes. Um, I've, I've actually gotten that in throughout my life when mm-hmm. I tell people my stories and stuff like that and told them in front of audiences and things of that nature and people <laughs> walk up to me crying and everything mm-hmm. like, why are you crying like, oh my god you went through so much it's like but it was perseverance though mm-hmm. I'm being resilient um, so that's what led me to be able to do everything yeah um, but um, it, it, while you were speaking it prompted a question um, in my head do people find you um, threatening or intimidating <laughs> <laughs> especially like in your school setting uh, absolutely not um ah jesus this is this thank you for asking that question yes mm-hmm. um yes because of their own insecurities or i i think so okay. i i don't I have struggled with this my whole life mm-hmm. because I have just, I feel like my presence precedes me and mm-hmm. I'm only learning what that really means probably within the last three years. Like mm-hmm. I really didn't have any knowing of it. It mm-hmm. was really like a blind spot for me for a very long time. Um, I think my presence precedes me and once I start talking, people are like, oh, she, well, wait a minute. She, she actually saying something important or in my jobs, at work, I just I I believe in like doing everything to the best of my ability. If I'm mm-hmm. working at McDonald's, I'm about to be the best burger fryer front desk person person it is. Yeah. Because it has my name on it. Yeah. And I'm just a firm believer, like anything that's associated with me, like if you can want mediocre, but I don't I don't mm-hmm. want to be associated with being small or mediocre. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I've just kind of along the way found ways to just kind of be in tune with myself without even knowing that I was in tune with my mm-hmm. purpose and being aligned. And, and, and especially when I'm doing things that I love and I care about, people have told me that I can be intimidating. Men tell me that mm-hmm. I'm intimidating all the time. And so in my mm-hmm. dating life, mm-hmm. um, it probably proves to be, you know, some of the most challenging kind of critical conversations because I Mm -hmm. do have something to say. Like, I do believe 
you know, that we all have the skills and abilities to do everything that we need to do. And I'm not really here for all of the excuses. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but you can't tell me many reasons why you can't do something because of my own personal experience. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying your experiences doesn't allow for you to have some challenges, but we can we can work through that at our yeah. own pace, at our own time. So mm-hmm. people do sometimes find me um, intimidating mm-hmm. um, and I'm learning to be OK with that. I think you should be. Come yeah, I'm, I'm, but I, but it's a learned behavior. I'm also a Libra, mm-hmm. so I want to be very clear. Libras like to be liked, mm-hmm. um, and so it's not that I go around asking people to like me, but mm-hmm. it is challenging but when I hear people everybody say wants, certain things. Yeah, everybody. Well, me and my wife we be having these conversations. Or whatever. Everybody likes to be liked, or whatever. Yeah. No matter, regardless of them saying it or not, everybody wants to be liked. But the reason I say that well, is because you stand firm in what you believe mm-hmm. and you're passionate about it, which I love. Mm-hmm. You know, I love mm-hmm. to see that exude from people and mm-hmm. you know, it just pours out. So I can see where a lot of people in this area, you know, would find you intimidating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's, that's them. Yeah. People do the same thing with me. And whatever. I yeah. walk around and. Like, I have people who went out to approach me who go through other people to approach me. Yeah. And I'm like, I, why? Know, it's so crazy. People are like, she didn't want to come up and talk to you. I'm like, why? I'm like really like the nicest person. Yeah. I'm like, nah, it's not about to say. I, I am a little sarcastic sometimes, mm-hmm. and I'm learning that that could deter people. But uh, hey, it's just but how I grew up. I, I had to survive. I don't think you got to have a little wit where I'm from. You can't <laughs> be out there not to, uh, saying smart stuff back. I don't think people should have to change. Yeah, no, like that, I don't. I don't either. Because and I'm, that's but I'm part saying of that I'm learning that. I'm learning that. Before you think, ooh, this was a beautiful thing that I learned working at Target. They said, soar with your strengths. Mm-hmm. I went to this leadership training. It was like, soar with your strengths. And that thing stuck with me throughout that whole training. Mm-hmm. And they don't give the darn about what you don't do well or what other people feel like you don't do well. They just yeah, want you, you to do the you best thing that you do. You be the best at everything. You can't. I tell you people can't. I'm, I'm but your pastor. Or your oh, grandma. That's why I'm not in church. <laughs> might have told you, you know, stop telling people, you know, just stop being this particular way. Or school reinforces you to play small. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're making other people feel intimidated or not as confident or you're taking over the project. Well, you should have moved faster because we got to get this thing done. I don't have all day to think about it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes those behaviors are reinforced. So what I try to consciously do, especially in my classroom, is to not be a proponent of that. Mm-hmm. If you are good at being a class clown, we're going to let you be that. It's just a time and a place for that. I'm not going to mm-hmm. shame you or shun you. Mm-hmm. And in majority of my life, I have led everything. And at some point in time, people would say to me, like, oh, you think you're all that? You think you could just And I'm like, no. Oh. And so in college, I got to, like, no, I don't want to be the leader of the group like I don't want to leave the project and my professor pulled me to the side she was like what are you doing mm-hmm. she was like you knew you were gonna leave this right and I was like no I'm just trying to not you know say anything in class or she was like but that's not who you are and then so we talked about how I got there and she incur- and, and you need people to encourage you to say like shine Shine in whatever you do. Shine in all of the ways that you move. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise because they're only wishing that they could. Mm-hmm. They're only wishing that they could be as sure about themselves. Mm-hmm. And what you really are doing is only the liberated can liberate. Mm-hmm. So if I'm living in my purpose, I'm only giving permission for people to do the same. Like, it may not be what I'm actually doing, but 
I'm hoping that you find your purpose and I want to high five you along the way. So mm-hmm. everybody can't be playing small together. Somebody has to be doing the work and really, you know, operating in their purpose. And sh- again, modeling the behaviors for people around them to see like, dang, she kind of got, it seems like she's in tune and aligned. Mm-hmm. Not that she got herself together, but she seems in tune and aligned with her purpose. And that's allowing her to circumvent any problems and issues or any challenges. So I might could do that too. Let me get closer to who I am. Let me sit with myself. Let me learn about myself. So yeah, I don't care. Yeah, thank you. She developed that. I love that. You know, because I, I do. I do that all the time. But you know, I could do it like way more than you because I don't have the restrictions of you know. Yeah, you a man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you a man. If I were born a man, let me well, tell y'all, I would no, probably no, 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 not even that though. I'm, just, I'm saying the, the um. Yeah, they did. And it like, ain't fair. Like, well, you know, y'all, y'all get privileges too. Um, just We're different. We're not ones. about to have this conversation. No, y'all do. Y'all do get some. Uh, we all have certain privileges that we get in life. Mm-hmm. Like, I get daddy privileges, right? So, mm-hmm. I can do my daughter's hair. It cannot look like you know. <laughs> My wife did it. I could take her to daycare, and they're like, "Oh, what daddy tried? Yeah, yeah daddy gonna take yeah. advantage of this because yeah. daddy don't know what he's doing." So, and daddy don't really, you know, mm-hmm. I don't have to do that or whatever. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm like, we all get them. But I was saying that, um, like, I don't have a you know nine to five or whatever, so I'm not restricted to anything. I'm like, I'm independent mm-hmm. and true independence. You know, you could move, march to your own drum. Or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, mm-hmm. you still gotta play that fence with the educational system well you know i i don't i i'm just gonna say i don't okay Uh, when i when i quit my job that's when i freed myself and Mm. so if you don't like what i'm bringing to the table as a teacher uh, you can fire me i'll be all right i quit an eighty thousand dollar job i think if i could do that i could do anything yeah um, and but I I encourage people to not feel like that. Like show mm-hmm. up. They need you how you are. Mm-hmm. And if that's more aggressive in the meeting, mm-hmm. because you're trying to make sure that our kids are not going straight to ISS or getting suspended all the time, mm-hmm. then that's how you got to show up. Yeah. Like and I learned that from corporate America. I learned that the males never play, they never play small. They never conform. They mm-hmm. they would say stuff in meetings, and I'm like this. I know he's gonna get fired tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But he came back to work. <laughs> he came back all the time. So So we like even in education, I'm mm-hmm. encur- I'm encouraging everybody to show up purposeful. Don't show up with your trauma. Mm-hmm. That ain't what I'm saying. Yeah. And being out here ready to tell all white people off. That is yeah. not what I'm saying. Show up with your healing self because healing is a process and, and when you do that again. You're going to be purposeful in what you do and being intentional Mm -hmm. with what you do. So I have real conversations with my peers. Mm -hmm. I have real conversations with my students. Mm -hmm. I have real conversations with my boss. Mm -hmm. And as I stated before, I almost didn't show up for teaching because they weren't going to pay me what I I needed to be paid. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I'm not in a position anymore that I'm just begging for scraps. I'm I'm a seasoned individual. Now, Mm -hmm. that doesn't make me... 
um, you know, somebody who's out here just trying to, you know, get a dollar. No, I have 10 years of executive experience and I have a master's degree mm-hmm. and I'm coming back to this community. And you've already seen the work that I could do the last three months. You're not about to pay me a first year teacher salary. You've mm-hmm. lost your mind. Mm-hmm. And not that you've lost your mind, but you tried it. And most people would just take it because they need something. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like I'm in a place like, man, I don't got to have none of that. Mm-hmm. I don't need I don't need any security in terms of finances in that way to make me feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do in this world. Yeah. I know that's that's another bondage tool that mm. we have if used incorrectly, but I'm not afraid to say that, and I did, and mm. we got it right, yeah. and we figured it out. And so I encourage people to show up healthy and healing mm-hmm. and show up you know, as they are so the world can see us. So with that being said, especially for like empowerment of women, because um, I have two women partners for this business, mm-hmm. the counseling business, mm-hmm. and then my wife, you know, with the cook shop. She mm-hmm. she's actually CEO. I'm just I just help you. I'm the salesperson. <laughs> I'm a team got, member. I'm just a team member. <laughs> I just I just do what she say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I love uh, seeing women in power. So how can we get society to like really change the stigma that they have for women, and not to like. One, offer them, you know, low-balling numbers with salaries, but also to put them in a position to win and to be able to take a new perspective when it's there in leadership. I was about to say something. Let me make sure I formulate this. <laughs> Leah! Here's a camera. <laughs> women, <clears throat> the first step in ensuring that we ensure that women recognize that they are powerful beings. Mm-hmm. That happens before they step to their door at work. Mm-hmm. 